how you pay attention and where you put your attention is determining pretty much everything that's happening in your life. Welcome to the Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting-edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. So let's dive in and get started. Today's guest on the show is Sean Brawley. Sean has dedicated the past 25 years to helping people from all walks of life elevate their performance and unlock their potential. In the process, he has become one of the world's foremost experts on accelerated learning, innovative coaching, and sustainable high performance. As a facilitator and coach, he has custom designed highly unique experiential programs for many well-known organizations such as GE, ITT, Union Bank, the New York Yankees, San Diego Padres, Seattle Mariners, and the U.S. Tennis Association. Sean was the primary mental coach for the USC football team for nine years and helped Pete Carroll and the Trojans win two national championships. Welcome to the show, Sean. Thank you, Drew. It's good to be here. You know, if someone, Sean, is listening to the show right now and they have a really restless mind, I mean, there's a lot of fear, um, technology uh, devices are just, you know, throwing people off, I think, a little bit. What can they do to improve their ability to control their attention for the average person out there? Well, it's uh, it's like anything. So, you know, if you ask me, you know, how can somebody become a better tennis player or golfer or singer or presenter? Um, I would say the same thing, you know, which is deliberate practice to be, you know, to really practice on purpose. And so if, if, if you really get that the ability to focus and control your attention is, is really important and how it's important, then you start to pay attention to it. So you just simply start paying attention to how do you pay attention because how you pay attention and where you put your attention is determining pretty much everything that's happening in your life. It is the foundation of how you the world occurs to you, how you create, uh, how you create and interpret what what information you take in, and you know just paying attention to how you pay attention is important. And then in terms of practicing, one obvious practice that is pretty well known now is meditation because if if you sit and practice say meditating and focus there's a there's a hundred different meditations you can do but the most basic one is to sit and follow your breath a lot of times on my own webinars i'll have people follow their breath just for two minutes and in two minutes they get a, a quite a taste of how active the mind is and how distracted it can be and even though that you know the goal is to stay with the breath and notice you know not lose focus the mind is what's been called many many times a monkey mind it that's the nature the nature of the mind is a a bee that goes from flower to flower it's following its interest in the moment it's much, it's very much in flow that way but the but see that's also 
really critical to understand. So if you can get both, if you really get the value and importance of controlling your attention and some experience of how that can improve your, the quality of your experience and you know the, the quality and effectiveness of your performance or learning, and you fully get that your mind inherently is easily distracted, well, then that, for me anyway, and for most of the people I work with, that creates a pretty, like an obvious motivation, like, oh, this is, there's, these are the two foundations, which is like, they're at odds with each other. And so with practice, you can improve the ability to stay with what you want to attend to. And this is ancient. So first of all, Daniel Goldman, who wrote the book Focus, The Hidden Driver of Excellence four years ago, uh, quoted a number of different research studies that, that have looked at this. I could quote more, but, you know, the, the primary number one principle of yoga is to be able to focus your attention on a single object and not be distracted. And this is 4,000 years old. So we've known this for quite a long time. For some reason in the West, it's just now starting to come out as an, uh, a, what, what could be called an elusive obvious because it's hidden, but yet once you really take a look at it, it's like, oh my God, of course. That's great. I mean, I know when you work with athletes and you work with clients and people, um, Sean, you talk a lot about developing and practicing those inner skills because oftentimes I know you, uh, you know, when we talk about tennis or basketball, we might talk about the backhand or the jump shot, but, but you, you delve more into the inner work. Um, could you maybe get into that in terms of the inner work that you do with people on and off the court? Yeah, sure. And, and maybe this is a good opportunity to kind of share with your the listening audience like some practical uh, stories of focus in, in action, which is so, for instance, my sport is tennis. I'm a former pro tennis player. I've coached over the years and developed a number of programs for high performance tennis academies. And one of the things I discovered about nine, ten years ago was this basic idea that if you focus on what is most critical, then it it naturally leads to uh, improvement in performance and, and learning. So an example, for instance, would be in tennis. So at any level, so whether the person's a beginner, an intermediate, a junior tournament player or a pro, because I've worked with all of them. In fact, this like reflection and discovery came about in part because I was working both with a high performance junior tennis academy and the German Davis Cup captain. So I got an experience of working at you know both levels. And the same thing was true, which is that if they focus, for instance, on the tennis ball, and I don't mean just the instruction, watch the ball, but an, you know, an exercise that actually compels them to track the ball better, like, for instance, noticing the arc of the ball, the spin, saying bounce when the ball bounces or hit when the ball hits the racket, that compels them to actually track and focus on the ball they not only get better in that moment, so it, it, there's an immediate improvement in performance, but if you cycle through, 
like the other important things. So for instance, like balance and footwork is really critical. The whole Spanish tennis development system and other development systems, but Spain is really no, known for their commitment to developing superior levels of footwork and balance. And it works like magic. It just, there's a continuous improvement because the mind, the brain is getting more high quality, highly relevant information per what is really important for this particular activity. Same is true for golf. Same is true for any sport. I have used this fundamental principle of focusing what's most critical uh, in, and uh, it's allowed me to coach and be successful in every single sport and with leaders in multiple uh, industries. So this is fundamental to being human. And when you talk about working with people on, you know, the inner stuff, it also it becomes critical because I think that another important factor, especially like nowadays, really important is the idea of stress tolerance. One of the things I've come to realize in the last, uh, say, five to six years is that way too many of us, and it's not resilience, because resilience is the ability to like have something happen to you that knocks you off track or out of, out of balance, and then you come back. But what I've discovered is that far too often it's the getting knocked off balance like how can we improve that stress tolerance how can we grow our container and it turns out that focus or presence is critical for that too to be able to slow things down and really notice what's happening in this present moment and where because we have this fight or flight system that as soon as there's some kind of stress the reaction is to either fight it, resist it, to go away from it, or to just completely shut down and go numb. And none of those three responses are really helpful. But this is this part of our you know brain is, is like this is the oldest part of our brain. It is one of it's like gravity, you know, it's like one of the most powerful systems that we have, which is why it's it can be really difficult in these stressful times to, you know, be okay, to be honest, to not suffer. There's a lot of suffering going on, I, I found. And so to, this idea of stress tolerance and growing your ability to handle intense emotions and energy and feelings um, is, I think, a really important aspect of my work nowadays. That, that is beautifully said, Sean. And I love how you just said about presence and, and having that presence. Because I, I know that when you're in a stressful situation, you're absolutely right. How do you maintain that presence when you're getting stressed out, when someone's yelling at you, when you're just in the heat of battle to be able to, main, to maintain um, your, your presence and stay in the, in the moment? That's really, really hard. Is that something that would take practice and training and Yes, I've gotten much better at it myself, uh, certainly in no way perfect. Um, but yeah, I've, I've literally been practicing now for eight years with a group of other people 
we practice, I practice in dyads, triads, and quads, and we bring issues and we presence it. And, and, uh, it's, it's something that can be developed for sure. The ability to be in this present moment and not get knocked off primarily because of that fight flight free system, uh, is, is just, I can't tell you how important it is to reducing the drama, the self-created drama in our life. That's great. Sean, another theme that I'd love to get your thoughts on is this whole notion of the ways in which we get in our own way and even self-sabotage ourselves. I mean, I've been a huge, I've had, I had a huge self-sabotaging problem um, for many years where I just felt like I would really get in my own way. And I'd love maybe for the listeners or anyone else who's dealing with that, some, some strategies maybe that we can, we, can, we can use to stop getting in our own way so much. Most of the ways we get in our own way are strategies that arise out of early developmental, uh, chronic early developmental trauma. And for anybody who doesn't know what chronic early developmental trauma is, it's not necessarily one event like a car accident or going to war. It's Chronic over time, not getting your needs met as a young infant or baby or, or adolescent. So if, if your mom's not there, if your dad, you know, spanks you, all these different things that, you know, verbally abusive. Uh, and it turns out that it can be reasonably in, innocent, like the mom may be distracted. It might be a working mother, for instance. But Nonetheless, if you have needs as an infant and they're not being met over time, you develop strategies for getting these met, which as an adult turns out aren't that effective as an adult. And so this again would be what I would advise is if somebody said that to me, they said, God, I just keep sabotaging myself. First thing is, you know, be gentle with yourself. Because that's the, what, what you're calling self-sabotage is actually a strategy of a younger part of you that devised that strategy because some part of that young part of you loved, loves you so much and wants you to survive and thrive. But it, that, it, that's all it was capable of at the time. It couldn't handle the stress tolerance. So it... It develops a strategy and there's all sorts of different ways in which we can compartmentalize, fragment ourselves. Um, and so in terms of getting in our own way, it's like the number one thing is figure out how to feel all feelings, to welcome every feeling that arises in the moment and to really make that a practice. Because as you learn to do that, over time, you go from like noticing how you resist it, how you want to go away from it, because some of these feelings are very uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden you realize that, oh, I can tolerate more and more of this. And then suddenly you go to another stage where you actually start to welcome it. And when you get to the place where you actually can bring loving presence to some of the most difficult feelings and emotions we have, like shame and guilt, the whole world, the whole inner world changes completely. And this has been written about. And this is the first time that I feel like I understand what some of these, you know, older writings have, 
have been about or what Eckhart Tolle talks about. That's wonderful, Sean. I love that idea of loving presence. I mean, you just said so many great things right there. And I, and I, and I feel the compassion and I feel the love in what you just said. Um, I, have, I have a couple more questions here. And these are, these are questions that I ask everyone. So, Sean, for anyone listening who is feeling a little powerless and hopeless right now about their life and their future... What might be one thing, if they were sitting in front of you right now, what might be one thing that they could do today to begin to maybe take their life in a new direction? So one of the critical things that I found is that, like, just notice the words you use, hopeless, you know, some suffering. So when we're hopeless, generally that feeling comes about and it's usually associated also with helpless. It just feels like nothing I do works, this will never change. And so the one of the best things you can do is to realize that you can't, like I do not believe anymore that I can do this thing that we're talking about on my own. I've grown a capacity to do it on my own, but in general, so the number one thing I would say is get get a support system because when you have a support system or resources, resources has been found to be one of the most helpful things to counter the early developmental trauma that a lot of people have experienced. And so if, the, if I can only say one thing, I would say, you know, get a support system. Because as soon as you're willing to ask for help from anybody, from either if you follow a God or, you know, any religion or whatever, or just reach out to a friend. So if you're willing to pray or you're willing to reach out to a friend, you're, you're no longer, there's something that just shifts right there because you wouldn't be reaching out if you didn't think there was any hope. There's hope in reaching out. There's a, the decision to reach out and ask for help actually means, oh, I'm not hopeless and I'm not helpless. And that actually switches the inner dynamic a little bit. So that would be number one. Number two would be, again, what you're bringing is if we can practice and grow that ability to tolerate greater amounts of intensity, then we're able to handle more and more of life. Because life is not easy. It's filled with suffering. It's filled with problems. And so, you know, the key is developing the capacity to not get knocked off balance in the first place. And it can be, you can learn it. It's, I'm living proof. <laughs> I love that, Sean. All right, final question. Um, if you had the opportunity to travel back in time, say 40 years, what words of wisdom might the current <laughs> Sean share with his younger self? I would probably just let him, I've thought about this actually a fair bit, believe it or not, or funny enough. And I would say, I would go back and say, stay on the path. The inner world can change and really trust that this is your life path. This is the most important thing in life. This is why you're here. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Sean. Let me just wrap up here real quick. Thank you for listening to The Drew Perlman Show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. 
In the words of the old Chinese proverb, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. So here's to getting started today, right now. Living with awareness, living with intention, and living with purpose. Stay well, everyone.